Hello, thank you for joining me. You're listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. I have a very special guest for you today. My guest today is Sigrun. Sigrun is the leading business mentor for female online entrepreneurs in Europe. She is on a mission to accelerate gender equality through female entrepreneurship, a cause that I really hold close to my heart. I'm really looking forward to introducing her to you. So let's dive right in. Hello, Sigrun. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. I am so happy to be here. It's glad to connect with you again, Stephanie. It has been a bit of time, but, you know, I spent so much time working with you that, you know, it always feels like, feels like family almost, online family. <laughs> yes, correct. Excellent. So Sigrun, for those of in the audience who haven't heard of you, would you like to introduce yourself and let them know what you do? So I call myself uh, a business coach when someone is asking what you do, but I wouldn't say that really describes me. I'm on a mission to accelerate gender equality through female entrepreneurship, and I teach and inspire and help women to start and scale their business to six and seven figures. I am on a mission to help women think bigger and take action on their dreams and realize that a bigger business is not more work, actually less work. And by having a bigger business, you can have a bigger impact. Uh, I'm hugely frustrated how many businesses are small run by women. And I want to change that and help women run a bigger business. Excellent. Yes. I, I really, I really like your point of view and I, I'm, I'm so sort of behind your cause when it comes to this. Uh, I know that, you know, when I was working with you, probably uh, the most valuable thing I learned is actually how to launch. And, you know, which, as you mentioned, is probably one of those things that can take you from having a sort of smallish business to really generating more, uh, more funds so that you can scale and you can grow. So, you know, in our audience, there's, there's quite a few coaches, consultants and service providers who are probably looking to transition from one to one to groups. So I wanted to hear your opinion. How do you feel is, you know, the best way to transition from one to one to groups and sort of how do we know that we're ready for it? I think anyone who has uh, spoken to people and found their ideal client and uh, have had a few paying clients is ready to scale. Uh, I waited a whole year myself. I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I think it was probably fear holding me back to really putting a group offer out there. And uh, I think that's the reason a lot of people just do one-on-one -on -one for a very long time. They are worried if they offer a group that it will not fill. And this is actually often the case because people try to do it without launching. Uh, and we have seen that. And then you, know, you, Stephanie, has probably seen uh, your colleagues and others in the industry do this. Uh, you just make an offer, you make a post online or you send an email to your email list that you're starting with a group. And then you get people, maybe two, three people signing up. But, you know, if you actually want to run a group program, I would say it needs to be six people minimum. 
And that's exactly where launching comes in because when you just send out an email or make a few social media posts, that is not launching. You are making an offer, but very few people are seeing that offer. You're not creating any buzz and excitement. There is no premiere. If you think of a movie like Star Wars, the trailer, the first trailer gets released a year ahead of time. And then there's another trailer a few months later. Then there's interview with the actors. Then there's whole buzz about some rumors, what's happening in the movie. Uh, there's more interviews. Uh, there is some, uh, you know, and then the premiere is coming. And then it's all about like, how does the film do on the first weekend? And this lures other people to go into the cinema and watching. Indeed. Now, I'm not saying that you have to let people know one year in advance that you are doing <laughs> a group program, <laughs> but you need to plant the seed and start to talk about what you're doing before you actually offer it. So that's just a part of launching. But when are you ready? I think you do not have to wait so long. Um, people feel that they have to wait like until my email list is 500 people or 1,000 people or... Or, or what is the guarantee you can have that you actually can sell a group? Now, the typical conversions in online business is 3%. So we can make the calculation. If you want to sell to six people, how many do we actually need to have interested? And interested is not the same as email list. Email list are people who have signed up at some point and they are interested in some of your content, it does not mean they're interested in your group program. So how do you find out who is actually interested? That's where launching comes in. We do a workshop or a challenge or a video series. There are different types of launching. There are actually a gazillion ways to launch. So let's just assume you're doing a workshop. We call it a workshop, could be a webinar, masterclass, doesn't matter what it's right name, but let's call it the workshop. They're quite popular right now. And I typically call my trainings, my launch trainings workshops, because I mm -hmm. actually do workshops. They are interactive and people do exercises live with me. But you want to get a certain number of people signed up for this workshop. And then, you know, about an average of 3% will sign up. And that's how you figure out if someone is interested. And this is a much better way than just emailing your whole list. And you could, some, you could even say that you're spamming them because if only a small portion of your email list is interested in the group program and you start to send them a lot of emails, you will get a lot of unsubscribes. And these people could have been candidates for some other programs that you sell. So what you have to do is to figure out who is interested? And that's where launching comes in. But you can do this even better, easier. Uh, I realized that launching is something scary for beginners, people who have never done it before. So I have flipped the script. Uh, and what I have my clients do is to offer a beta course instead mm -hmm. of a workshop, webinar, challenge, three-part video series. And, uh, you know, the thing is with launching, there's a lot of investments in time and money, and then you don't know how it's going to work out the first time. 
and you could be lucky or you could have, you know, prepared things for a long time. Like when I launched the first time, I made $27,000 from one webinar, but it was not, uh, you know, I had been working <laughs> very hard for many months and That's I hired right. a coach to do it. I invested in Facebook ads mm -hmm. and uh, I know from working also with people at that stage that this is a scary thing to do you know, investing in a coach, investing in Facebook ads, preparing for months, and then seeing crickets, possibly. That's right. Not so, knowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the better way, the better way is to offer a course, a free course. And I started to teach this method in 2018, because I was frustrated seeing so many people wanting to build an online business, but getting stuck. Yeah. So the best way to launch is to have a free course. It has to be a proper course. It's not, uh, it's not a challenge. It's not a, you know, not a cheap or easy freebie. It's a proper course, but uh, I am seeing absolute beginners who have been doing one-on-one -on -one or maybe haven't had any clients, to be honest. Well. And they offer a free course for four mm -hmm. weeks. And then you offer those people who participate in your course a program, a group program. I see. So it becomes an upsell instead of you take it more easy. So I can already, I can already see what kind of questions <laughs> my, my clients would ask. So because a lot of them would be thinking of one course. So when you're saying, you know, you've got to have the course to sell and the course to create for free. So what is the difference? Is there a connection be between these two courses? So, you know, you mentioned that it's going to be a full course, but most people would be planning, say, a six, maybe eight week program to do with a group of six people. So how do they plan the two so that the two things actually work out together? Mm. Great question. Yeah, I have the skeptics in front of me too. When I tell them this is my method, then they're like, yeah, but I have a course in mind. So they have an eight or 10 week course in mind already. Mm -hmm. And some of them, not everyone. And they come to me and, and then I tell them, you're going to offer a free four week beta course. And they're like, yeah, but what, what is it? So I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a book coach. Uh, in one of my programs mm -hmm. and she has a 10 week course in mind and she had been thinking about it. She had mapped it out and she's like all excited about launching it, about selling it mm -hmm. uh, to potential clients. And then uh, she's learning my method, which I think is the easier and safer method is to offer a four week free course instead of a webinar because you get mm -hmm. a lot more signups and yeah. it's more organic, less Facebook ads and all that stuff. And she was like, yeah, but you know, my course teaches people how to write a book. Like what, what should they do in that four week course? It's, it's a proper four week course. And I always right. encourage people to think about this four week course as something you could sell later on separately. So don't think of it as a challenge. Think of it as a four week course. And then I said to her, okay, so someone wants to write a book. So what's, what's the issue here? Like, have people been thinking about it for years? 
they haven't got it done uh, and they're procrastinating on it. And I just thought of myself because I haven't written a book yet. So I was like, <laughs> I was the total ideal client for this woman. And she's like, yeah, you know, they, they, they really, they are coaches, consultants, and they would love to write a book, but they haven't done it. But I have this amazing 10 week program. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not going to sign up for the 10 week program unless they believe they can do it. That's so true. <laughs> so the four week course is, it's almost, it almost doesn't matter what you're teaching, but you got to have people believe they can do it. So if you think back about the book coach, how can I, how can C get people to believe that they can actually write a book and publish it? And I said, well, what comes to mind is writing the front cover and the back cover of the book. So you envision people reading it Excellent. and you can even design the cover you know, visually and the title of the book and everything. And she's like, yeah, but that's in my program. That's the last thing you do. And I'm like, you know what? If you want someone to do something and, and they actually want it themselves, but they don't really believe they can do it or they are not willing to invest in themselves because they are like still doubting themselves. If you create a program where they're seeing the end results. They're seeing the book on the shelf. And the only thing standing between that vision and actually the reality is writing the book, which is her program. That's right. <laughs> and that's what you do in a four-week course. Excellent. Well, so you're preparing them to be mentally ready for your program and to be motivated enough to take that next step. So it's not about selling the program, it's about the way they feel with themselves. This is really, really smart. So does this come from, from maybe, you know, the, the fact that we usually, you know, when you're doing a launch, you would think about uh, the objections. So it is, is it connected to objections, the way you sort of map the course? Yeah. Well, yeah, partly. Um, I would say this insight has come from, you know, I've been doing this for seven, over seven years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the biggest reason why someone doesn't take the next step of investing in themselves and making their dreams come true, whatever it is, whether it's improving their lives or business, writing a book or building an online course or online business, after you have demonstrated that you are the authority, that you are the go-to person, like you are hosting this podcast, Stephanie, so you are uh, demonstrating your authority, your expertise, uh, you have solo episodes and you have guests and you, know, you, you, will, you show people that you are the go-to person in this field. Then you present a program and you have proof, testimonials that this program works, whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching, people see testimonials from other people like themselves as proof that this works. And still, what is the last thing? People do not believe that they can do it. This is the biggest reason people do not buy. So anything you can do leading up to your 
sales event, your launch, uh, whenever you want to make an offer, is to help people believe in themselves. And this is not done by convincing people. We are not in the convincing business. You cannot convince anyone of anything. Well, True. unless you manipulate them, but that's yeah. not our goal. We want to do this in the authentic way. Like we want to show them. We want to show them what they're capable of themselves. So a four-week course, in my mind, because this is a method I, I, I really, truly believe in, and mm -hmm. I'm seeing the results all over, um, is getting people to believe in themselves, because this is the biggest hurdle in terms of them not investing themselves. And the thing is, it's not about you selling. It's about them taking the next step. So after four weeks, you're not selling anything. That's so true. <laughs> you're not selling it. You're just offering no, the next step. You're just step. offering and they are accepting mm -hmm. to take the next step. And we are seeing, uh, you said this is an mm -hmm. upsell. Yeah, that's exactly what we call it. Uh -huh. uh, we call it an upsell because you have actually had them invest time in four weeks, even if they didn't pay for it. And if they've seen results, they start to believe in themselves. It's no longer about you and your program. It's about what they want. They want to continue. They've seen what they're capable of. And now they want to really take that next step. And in this case of the book coach, they want to see the book on the shelf in reality and no longer a vision or a dream. And yes, this book coach is there and sees great, but it's about them. They That's start right. to believe it. So yes, you are answering an objection, but it's not this typical objection of like uh, time and money or, or I don't have the skills. It's, it's, it's a deepest rooted objection all of us have. It's the biggest reason we do not do the things we actually want to do is that we don't believe in ourselves. So and true. so if all of us, can help our clients start to believe in themselves. Just imagine how much better the world will be. That's right. I can already imagine people in our audience getting excited about this and feeling like it's doable. So, you know, for those people who are maybe thinking, okay, this is something I want to do. Uh, this is something I think I could do because, you know, I'm at that stage. How would you help them decide in the sense of what do you what do they need to have in place? We mentioned they need to know their ideal client, have worked with a few clients so that they know their audience. What are the must-haves so that the next step is creating this beta course? Well, it's good if you know your ideal client, but we got to be honest here. Most people don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> people can be years in business and they don't really know their ideal clients. So, so the first step, the first step on this journey is to have an, uh, have a hypothesis on what you want to teach. Like, because even if you have an ideal client, like you need to decide uh, what the problem is. So there's always a problem. Yeah. And uh, let's say there's a big problem, how to build an online business. That's a huge problem, right? Yeah. Indeed. I'm not saying it's a it's a bad problem in itself. To me, problems are actually good. If there's mm -hmm. a problem, well, there's opportunity. That's right. I mean, it's a big subject. It's a big uh, thing. And you cannot create a four-week course, 
how to build an online business. That is too big. So there are a lot of little problems. And uh, I just, I, you know, I want you to visualize a, a mind map or, or a paper with lots of little mm -hmm. circles. And there's this huge circle is online business. And there's lots of little circles inside that big circle. And these are the, all the little things. So blogging, creating content is one problem within the big problem. And it's much easier when you tackle a smaller problem it becomes more tangible. It becomes uh, even realistic to learn something in four weeks because people are smart. You know, your ideal client is smart. And if you tell them, oh, I'll teach you how to be rich in four weeks. And they're like, I'm yeah. not signing up for this. <laughs> no, <not exactly. laughs> so you need to find something manageable, a manageable problem. Mm -hmm. so on one hand, it's a manageable problem. On the other hand, it's something that is on top of mind. There are a lot of things you could teach. Let's say when it comes to online business, you can teach people how to start a podcast, uh, how to do brand photo shooting. The topics are endless. But what is top of mind? What are they worried about? And you come up with a hypothesis. You say, I think they're worried about the content to put out on social media, let's say. Let's say they're worried about that. <laughs> and so you say, uh, are you worried about what to post on social media every day? Are you exhausted figuring out the, the, the please fill out this survey? You know, you, you, you create a, you have, you, you make sure you have an hypothesis what the problem is so that you attract the ideal client to fill out a survey. And that's the first step. You've got to figure out what people are thinking about the problem. Now, if you realize in your survey that people are not so worried about this, there's another problem. Well, then you switch over to that. It's, it's not like you, you haven't lost any time, really. Uh, drafting a survey, putting it out there, I would say this is a few days, less than a week. That's you right. have your answer. And you can do this again and again. Now, of course, if you're doing this all the time, people get tired of your service <laughs> so yes. you gotta be cautious um but yeah service are are underutilized in uh, our industry i feel um True. i just know from university uh people are constantly doing surveys and i i happen to fill out a lot of surveys because i just you know want to help people that yeah. uh, are doing surveys and so in your business, you should be surveying your audience, your, your own people, like the people on your email list and your mm -hmm. clients, you should be surveying them at least once a year, minimum. But in the beginning, when you have a vague idea, you're not sure what should your course be about, what should I do? Ask people, real <laughs> people, you know? That's right. The biggest mistake I made in my first year of business was actually in my first launch. I told you before, my first launch was $27,000. Well, I didn't tell you the whole thing. I had been doing weekly webinars for two, three months. My email list was 1,500 people. And I was like, where's the money? Where is it? Where's the big <laughs> revenue I should be having now uh, from all these people? Well, That's right. I didn't really make an offer. So I you know, invested. $5,000 into my first coaching program. 
And uh, that was a lot of money and I wasn't sure I would get it back, but I was like, I got to do something. I, I, there needs to be a change. And I truly believe investing in yourself uh, creates a sense of urgency in your mind. So Absolutely. even before <laughs> you talk to the coach, you're going to see a return on investment. And that's so happened true. for me. I started to get emails. People suddenly want not want to do work with me. And I'm like, what's going on here? We haven't even started a coaching program. So I did that webinar with 600 signups. I've been doing weekly webinars for free, no offers. And now I was planning to do what we call a launch webinar. I ran Facebook ads with 600 people signed up. I was so excited to offer my first online course. And one person bought. Oh. <laughs> Why? I did not ask anyone what they wanted. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you only take this away from this podcast episode is to talk to people, ask them what they want, do a survey. Uh, you're already ahead of many other people that never do this. And me, with my business background, I was a CEO for 10 years. I have an MBA. I have been learning how to do surveys and look at statistics in university. <laughs> and I did not survey my email list of 1500 people, what they really wanted. Amazing. That's a big mistake. <laughs> and uh, now I laugh about it and I share it with you because I don't want anyone else to make this mistake. Okay, so how did I save the launch? I did as the coach suggested, um, mm -hmm. we flipped over to uh, offering discovery calls. I did 90 discovery calls in three weeks. A lot of people wow. wanted to work with me. Yeah, the people wanted to work with me, but they didn't want that online course that I had offered. Oh. Now, luckily, I had not created it. I only had a sales page. That's great. Because you never create before you sell. You always That's sell true. first and then you create. But from this mistake, I learned this big lesson. And now I am adamant about everyone talking. to The more people that you talk to, the more money you're going to make, the more problems you're going to uncover, the more opportunities you are going to discover and going to offer a solution to these problems to people. That's right. <laughs> and you only do this by talking to people. It sounds so simple, but why do people not do it? Because it's a little bit scary. You know, yeah. <laughs> can I talk to you? Well, first do a survey. Surveys are not so scary. You, nobody's going to bite you. But after the survey, I highly recommend you also talk to at least three real people on Zoom and, and allow them to speak. Don't have closed questions. Have them open-ended questions. You know, what would you like uh, this solution to look like? What, what are you, what is your dream solution? What have you tried? What, why hasn't it worked? Just let people tell you and then when you come into your offer, you start to use their words. That's right. And it's going to make everything so much easier. Yeah. And when I do this with my clients in my programs, actually what happens on those interviews, people make sales and they're like, the person wanted to work with me. What do I do? <laughs> uh, my course is starting next week. But, uh, you know, as I sell them if they want to buy. Yeah. But that's what, you, that's what happens if you're truly interested in people and you want to solve their problems they will actually say 
how can I work with you? And it becomes so easy. Selling is serving. It's not something that's scary. If you do the work, if you're really interested in your ideal client, you're interested getting to know them, uh, you're interested in their problems, you want to help them with a the solution, you make it your mission to change their lives, they're going to flock to you and they want to work with you. And then it's so easy to go from one-on-one to groups, but you first got to figure out how do you find that problem that applies to uh, several people. People have been doing one-on-one for a while. They often go all over the place. They say, yeah, but there isn't one problem my ideal client has. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yes, there is. That's right. But uh, you need to find what is this one common theme among all your ideal clients. That's right. And then you figure out what is that one thing that will make them believe in themselves that they need to do before they actually join your paid program. Excellent. It's, it's interesting. You should say that, um, you know, people think they don't know what the ideal clients can and think that the ideal client has so many different struggles, but then you, there's always that one thing you can find. It's just a matter of asking yourself the right questions because the answer is already inside them. They already know it. <laughs> They do. They do. And it's your job. You are like a researcher. You are like a scientist that is on a hunt for that treasure that is outside there. And by talking to enough people, you find the common denominator, and then you will know what to offer them. And then you just know that these are two stages. The first stage is what can I offer them that makes them believe in themselves it's small, it's tangible, it's not too small, but it's not too big either. Mm -hmm. It's something doable in four weeks. And then the second stage is that paid program that you've been wanting to sell. Excellent. Well, you've practically coached us through the whole, through the whole process today. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. I have one final question for you, which is something I ask every guest that comes on the podcast. And I'm sure you won't have any problems answering this one. Um, since the podcast is about content, uh, the question is, is there a piece of content that you have created over the years that stood out as, you know, having had quite an impact on your business or on your audience? Mm. It's hard to say if there is just one thing, but um, typically it's, something that you have invested more time and energy into. Uh, so there is a podcast episode called Why Profit First Kills Your Growth. And it's quite, <laughs> quite controversial because there is a book and a concept out there, Profit First, which I actually okay. truly think is a great book for most people. Uh, especially for beginners, people have never run a business before. But for someone who is more experienced in business, I, you know, I've been running businesses for 17 years. And uh, then this book did not work for me. And uh, I also have uh, scaled my business very fast. I went uh, from zero to seven figures in less than four years. I have clients That's now that do this in three years. I have... I have a client who is trying to do it in two and a half years. <laughs> uh, and then the profit first concept doesn't necessarily work. 
And I'm not going to dive into the concept itself. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a great book, a great author. He writes a lot of good books. I don't want to talk that down. But what, what you can do is when you have a strong opinion on something and everybody believes something else is good, you know, you should step up, speak up. And you will, uh, of course, attract a few people that say, oh, why, why is Sigrun talking badly about this book? I said, I don't That's feel right. it's badly. I think I am entitled to my opinion, like you are entitled to your opinion. We don't all have to agree. And not all, every book out there is perfect and all concepts are perfect. Everything is flawed. That's right. Yeah. To some extent. And yes. so having the courage to speak up and share your opinion And this episode has really attracted some uh, people that don't like me. I wouldn't say haters because actually I don't think I have any haters. Uh, People just know not like me because of this Mm -hmm. episode and others absolutely love it. Excellent. And that's exactly (laughs) what you want. And I recently published a blog post on exactly this topic, uh, how to create disruptive content. Excellent. Disruptive content is where people start to share a piece of content because they maybe disagree with it and they <laughs> are commenting on social media and, and you're like, thank you for increasing my reach. Uh, and so, so it doesn't matter if they agree or disagree, your content is getting more exposure because people have an opinion on it. Disruptive content and, and creating content is also about sharing your values standing up for something and speaking against the bad. Sigrun, thank you so much for being with us. I'm, I'm sure that at this stage, everybody is asking, where can we find Sigrun and how can we get to you know, listen to her podcast and follow her? Well, the best way to get to know me better is to uh, listen to the Sigrun Show podcast uh, with over 450 episodes. And then uh, on my website, sigrun.com, you're going to find some blog posts as well. Typically, all our episodes are blog posts as well, if you prefer to read. But I do have a gift, yeah? Uh, for those who want to start to scale up and you know create courses and group coaching programs and masterminds, I have uh, a gift that normally was a paid workshop but you could now get through this special link that I will share with Stephanie, uh, create your scalable offer. Uh, Because there's a difference between selling one-on-one and selling something that's scalable with six people or 10 or 20 or 100 people. And there's a special way how to present that offer. And so uh, this is a workshop that I'm offering as a free gift, create your scalable offer that actually will sell. Uh, and uh, you go through this workshop and then uh, you can put out an offer right away. We have uh, stories from people that attended the live workshop when it was live. And the next week they made $10,000 because they put out their offers. So Amazing. don't miss that opportunity <laughs> to get that gift and put out your offer. Thank you so much. We're going to put all the links you mentioned in the show notes. So if you want to find Sigrun links, go ahead to stephaniefitani.com slash podcast and you will find today's episode right over there with all the links. Thank you so much for being with us, Sigrun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share it with friends and colleagues and anyone you think is going to find this useful. If you'd like to give me some feedback or a question, leave a review on iTunes or a comment on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Whatever you do, make sure you don't miss the next episode because we have more juicy content coming your way. See you in the next episode.